I think I would give people the same advice that our marriage counselor gave us, and that's just to say yes, whether it be something different that you haven't tried, um, a place that you haven't been, just say yes and try it because most of the time it's going to surprise you and there's going to be something that you enjoy and like. You just have to keep an open mind. The Life in Motion podcast is brought to you by Actual Outdoors. They help build beautiful brands that highlight the approachable and authentic parts of outdoor recreation. Said simply, they keep it real. Learn more at actualoutdoors.com. This is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action sports, culture, and more. What's up? And welcome to episode 146 of Life in Motion. I've got Sonia and Nakota Staples with me from Staples and Tents. They're all about camping and traveling while educating and inspiring others to take their own adventures. I'm excited to hear their story and learn more about their trips. Uh, Sonia and Nakota, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you thank for you having us. Yes, yes. I'm I'm excited, um, you know, checking out your Instagram and whatnot. It looks like uh, y- you all don't shy away from the adventure. And as I mentioned before, kind of bringing that community together. Um, but before we we jump into that, um, let's let's kind of start with y'all's background story. Maybe we'll do kind of individually and then sort of uh, how you all uh, met. Um, so, uh, Sonia, I'll let you start first. But, what, you know, where where did you grow up? Kind of what got you into this lifestyle and, and kind of, you know, as that progressed through your life? So, Jeremy, unfortunately, um, there isn't much of my story at this point in my life before Nakota. Um I'm from Durham, North Carolina. I grew up the youngest of four siblings and didn't really get out much, didn't get outdoors much when I was a kid. Um, The extent to my outdoors was playing in the yard. When I was a really little kid, we would have to work in my grandfather's garden. And then I ran track growing up. So I spent a lot of time outdoors running track, but I wasn't an outdoor person at all. Um, and then when I left Durham, when I graduated from high school, I went to North Carolina A&T for college. And that's where I met Nakota. So I don't want to tell too much of my story and interrupt <laughs> Nakota's story as well. <laughs> well, well, we'll pass the mic to you. Yeah, then. yeah I grew up in Horse Pass, Virginia. It's a little small uh, community right outside of Martinsville, Virginia, uh, in the western part of Virginia. And uh, grew up with three sisters or two sisters uh, in our household and one other sister that was nearby. And for me, I was a born and raised country boy and love, love, love living the free range kid life that (laughs) growing up in a rural setting provided, you know. uh, But as I grew up, just like everyone else, you want to leave home. And I left home for the Air Force where I served six years and decided uh, after having my own family, two daughters, uh, that I wanted to get into college. So I went off to North Carolina A&T after I left the Air Force and majored in physics, which is where Sonia and I met. And we sort of started this life journey right then and there. You know, it was was, uh, a classic romance, if you will. Um, And once we, boyfriend and girlfriend, we never looked back. And um, shortly afterwards, 
Um, after Sonya graduated, we moved to Atlanta. And from there, we sort of started our professional lives, living in the city uh, in Atlanta for about 20 years. And, um, you know, around 2012, 2013, um, we ended up with our marriage on the rocks. And I think that'll be where we stop and let you jump in with another question. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, definitely interesting so far. So so to kind of back up to sort of your upbringing, so you're from kind of the western part of Virginia. I'm actually from um, the the east coast, out sort of the Chesapeake Bay area, the northern neck of Virginia. Um, so I, I understand kind of the free roam uh, kid growing up in the middle of nowhere um, and then wanting to explore and, um, you know, find a find or write begin to write your own story and then even going back to you all meeting like that typical romance that's actually exactly well sort of how i met my wife kind of jumped off went all in and now i'm out in missouri um so it's it's just interesting those little similarities that we have there um but it's it it's 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 great to hear you know kind of that that initial story of of how how you all met and kind of um uh, you know, c- kind of got got together and then kind of started your own journey. So, you before it sounds like there's a story after the, the rocky part. Um, but before that, what um, you know, when you got out to Atlanta and stuff, it sounds like really, um, you know, you really necessarily hadn't started this this kind of outdoor journey in the in the first place. So, how how does that kind of tie no, into that, or is that where does is that where kind of the the stuff you alluded to kind of comes into play. Yeah, that's that's precisely where all that comes into play. When we first got to Atlanta, we were typical city people. We spent a lot of time hanging out with our friends, going to clubs and lounges, going to art museums and galleries, um, going to plays, just really enjoying the city. And the last thing, the furthest thing from our mind was spending time in nature. Even though when we were on vacations, we always enjoyed like a nature aspect um, and considered ourselves very adventurous. You know, we would go skydiving. When we would go to Mexico, we would go visit the cenotes um, in love beaches. But the city was kind of our thing and camping was very, very far away. But, you know, fast forward some years into our marriage, like Nakota said, it was about 2012, 2013. Marriage ended up on the rocks, and I had started camping periodically with my best friend, but nothing that I was all into. You know, we didn't even have our own camp gear. And one day in marriage counseling, our therapist gave us the advice to say yes to each other. Just a a series of events happened. Um, Another set of friends were having like a wedding weekend in Wadmala, South Carolina, which is right outside of Charleston. And because it was the weekend of the Cooper River Bridge race, all the hotels were sold out. And I threw out the idea, well, why don't we just camp? Our friend, his family had, you know, a huge amount of property. So why don't we just camp? There's plenty of space for us there. And initially the answer was no. But then I think Nakota, he took a step back and said, oh, but I'm supposed to be saying yes. And just on a whim, he was like, okay, let's camp. And we borrowed my best friend's camping gear and camped for the weekend. The the weekend started off super rocky. We were in Nakota's midlife crisis car, a white 
650 grand coupe. It was rainy. <laughs> it was muddy. Um, so we had to set up our tent in the rain. <laughs> we couldn't build a campfire because it was rainy and windy. And the next day, Nakota's kind of still in his feelings. Like, why are we even here? Our marriage is on the rocks. My car is in the mud. Why do we have to do this? So um, through conversation, I was like, well, Nakota, you can't really control the circumstance, change the circumstance, whether it be, you know, our marriage or the conditions that we're dealing with today, but you can choose to be happy. And Nakota, he kind of walked away. Um, and when he came back, his attitude, he had reset his attitude and was really there um, to enjoy the experience and make the most of it. Yeah. Anything to add to that, Nakota? Yeah, it's that's, that's a great version of the story, <laughs> you know, but, you know, I, I really, you know, for me, it was uh, a lot of emotions that, you know, we, that we were going through at the time. And, you know, we, we've been going to marriage counseling for, you know, three, a few years, honestly, at this point, and we just weren't really making any headway as far as what I wanted out of the marriage at that point. And, you know, it really was a last ditch effort, you know, the, our marriage counselor was like, look, just before you give up, just just try saying yes to each other. And, you know, that was a fundamental turning point for our marriage, as well as what it led to with the camping. Because at that time, I really didn't realize that I had been saying no to my wife pretty much since we started being, you know, since we got together, you know, back in 2002. So we're at this point, we're about 12 years in. 1998. Yeah, 98. Yeah, my four years. Me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. But, you know, we, we have been together for so long and I had not recognized that just by the preferences that I had in my life, that those preferences were implicit no's in her life. And those no's translated as unhappiness for her. And, you know, she was carrying that kind of baggage or that kind of emotional baggage uh, for years before we, before I recognized what a no looked like. So when we had this, when we were in this place in our marriage where it was being introduced to say yes to each other, and um, we go on this camping experience, my mind is blown by recognizing how many ways I had said no to her. But I had also said no to this particular experience, even though I had said yes to it. And it wasn't until she made me aware that, hey, you're, you know, you're being a, a bad sport about this camping experience that I really recognized that, yeah, she's right. And my God, where else am I also being a bad sport? So saying yes to the camping experience that weekend um, really opened me up to appreciate the beauty of what we were which is uh, in the wetlands of South Carolina, uh, amazingly beautiful country out in that area. And yes, to this community, this, this makeshift family community that we were a part of, there was this wedding celebration, this uh, birthday celebration, and people coming in town to participate in the road race that was taking place. And, you know, in leaning into the spirit of the moment, I had an amazing time. And from that was, I walked away and was like, my God, what am I missing with this whole camping thing? So when we left from there, we 
as we were driving back, I told Sonia, I was like, look, I got to have my own gear. You know, I, I want to <laughs> do this more. I have to have this experience. I have to have this joy. And how do I get there? So by the time we had made it back on our six, six hour ride to Atlanta, we had this spirited discussion about, you know, what camping could be, where else could we go and what kind of gear could we get? So I found us a tent on Craigslist. And from there, it was uh, finding locations uh, in it the- It was a slippery slope, Jeremy. Yeah, it, it was, <laughs> I was on a slippery slope with grease skis and you could not stop me. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, in addition to wanting to purchase our own camp gear, which we did, Nakota also wanted to purchase a camping vehicle because uh. at the time, like I said, he was driving a 650 K. I was driving a small two-door Z4. So we neither one of our cars was built for camping. And that was that was a, a point where I didn't necessarily say no, but I said not right now. Let's just wait <laughs> and see and make sure this is something that we really do. Right. But over the and course you, of you know, from that camp. Had good reason though, Sonia. You know, we had two cars parking spots in our garage. Um, in this in the condo that we lived in so having a third car was just not an option at that time exactly so my answer was not right now um let's see if this is something that we really are into and dedicated to before we buy a whole nother vehicle which was the largest investment for us so for the next um four to six weeks after that camping trip which was in april we would go camping and just explore different parts of Georgia. And by the time August came around, we were like, okay, this is something that we not only enjoy, but we're better people as individuals and better as a couple from through our experiences with camping because it really forced us to put ourselves in a different environment and focus on the team building aspects of marriage and a relationship. So in August, we purchased um an 80 series Land Cruiser that Nakota did all the research for. And it ended up, we had this highly capable off-road vehicle. And, you know, as engineers, um, the first thing we wanted to do is go test the limitations of the vehicle. So we <laughs> went up to North Georgia, Trey Mountain, spent yeah. a week. No, we, um, we, went to a, we went to a construction site of a subdivision that was being built in Atlanta. <laughs> oh, the day that we purchased the car, yes. <laughs> that was the first but test. Our, our first like actual camping trip, right. that was the first test. And then the, the first camping trip was to Trey Mountain. And it was, a, it was a great experience, but in the process, we learned more about off-roading and what the lack of preparation causes. We got stuck in the mud <laughs> and had to get pulled out. It was a whole adventure. But, you know, from that, we wanted to learn more about off-roading, which led us to the, um, led us to overlanding. Because at our core, even before we knew anything about the outdoors and camping, Nakota and I, we always loved travel. Um, every year we would try to take, you know, a vacation, ideally somewhere international, and then even just exploring parts of our own country, um, we would, as opposed to just going to a city, like go to, going to Las Vegas, we would rent a car and drive outside the city to go see Hoover Dam, to go see the 
all the national parks and rock formations around the area that you really don't have to go too far outside of the city to see. So when we discover overlanding with this highly capable truck and we enjoy camping, we looked at it as a way to expand our travel and travel begin to travel differently. And that's really where I think the meat of Staples and Tents and overlanding began. Yeah. No, that's that's one. I'm just like imagining you in like a suburb of Atlanta, just driving over whatever big rocks and stuff you can at the construction site. But um, <laughs> it's uh, it's really interesting that that the that camping trip um, was sort of the turning point of of kind of every sort of, I guess, aspect in your life in that way. And, and honestly, really inspiring in that in that sense as well. Um uh, you know, kind of made me reflect a little bit on my five years of marriage and kind of thinking about what no really means, even though if you're not saying no, but that's a different story. Um, but then I, I guess with that, I mean, do you think, and this is like, you probably don't know the answer to this question, but going back to that specific time, do you think that it would have had the same results if like the like the outside conditions were perfect, you know, it was sunny, you didn't get stuck in mud, it wasn't wet, you know, do, do you do you think kind of that kind of extreme adversity, adversity for saying yes for that first time, like kind of helped with that overall mind, uh, mindset shift? Well, I don't know that we would have had a good origin story had we not had those <laughs> conditions. <laughs> you, know, you, you sort of, you know, it, implicit. It seemed that the universe wanted this to 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 start with. It was a dark and stormy night, you know, and <laughs> ironically, it really was. And those conditions um, really exacerbated my negative attitude, you know, because I was upset that we were driving my brand new to me car um, along muddy roads. Then it was raining. It was dark. I had no clue how to set up a tent, uh, or even why we were setting up the tent where we were, you know, and it was windy. And I, I, you know, this whole first true camping setup just was very unappealing to me that first night. And I was in my feelings about it. You know, I really needed a Snickers bar. So, <laughs> you know, if, if the conditions, if the conditions had been better, uh, maybe my attitude, uh, towards, uh, the camping experience, uh, I don't know that it would have been any less enjoyable, you know, because the snapping point of Sonia helping me to realize that it's a choice to become happy or to be happy or to uh, look at the conditions and make the most of what it is uh, and not dwell in what it is not was a turning point in how I saw my marriage and how I also saw her and, you know, not just the conditions of the camping experience. You know, yeah. and I think that's really what happens with a lot of us uh, as we, you know, age into a long-term relationship. Uh, sometimes there's a lot of disappointment in what we thought the relationship was going to be or what we thought the other person was going to be, or maybe we evolve and change as individuals, thereby changing what the relationship looks like. And we carry that, you know, and it wasn't until we were in counseling and trying to iron out what those differences were that 
it became evident that, hey, your relationship is now new and you have a choice in what it is that you want to do with this new relationship with this old person. And if you want it to be something, you're going to have to take positive actions and steps to make it that. And Nakoda, just just to add, I think I almost feel like that was the point of Jeremy's question. Had we not faced that adversity on that first camping trip, would it have been as impactful? And I honestly had never thought about it until Jeremy just asked the question. But I don't know if we had not faced the adversity on the camping trip, if we would have been able to draw the same parallel to our relationship and choose to overcome the issues that we were dealing with in our relationship and move forward. Yeah. And yeah, that, and that's what I was kind of wondering, kind of that, that shock like, of the outside environment kind of providing that, that spark that was, that was needed. Yeah. Cause that, if, if the day had been bright and sunny, like there would have, there wouldn't have been a need to say you can't control our current circumstances yeah. versus, you know, with the weather or our relationship to, like make make that light bulb go off. I don't know. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> we'll say it helped. I no no. I th- I think I think in a, in a way like I said, you'll you'll never know. But it almost seems you know to your point. If everything was perfect, there, those those correlations and the parallels wouldn't wouldn't have been able to be been made. But um, luckily, it was a it was a dreary day that first that first experience because um, it sparked all this. So, so you, you, you have that experience, like you mentioned, you kind of get your feet wet as far as getting equipment and then figuring out, okay, what kind of vehicle are we going to get? And then, um, you know, you mentioned kind of going all in and kind of where like Staples and tents, like really like became a thing. So like, what, what was that? Like once you started doing those, Mm -hmm. those longer, I guess, adventures and trips and overlanding and all that kind of stuff, like how did it continue to, uh, I guess, progress? Well, you know, the, the first thing that really started taking place was the fundamental change in what it was that we were doing on weekends and what that difference looked like in the family and friend environment that we had. You know, we weren't, or we weren't going out anymore uh, doing the city life stuff and all of the events that would have been uh, something that we would have been front and center at, we were no longer really trying to be there. It's like, yeah, but, you know, we could go camping. And immediately the behavioral change reflected in these friendships and families and, in, and within our families. And they were like, okay, what is it that y'all are doing? You two, you are going camping. Going into the woods. <laughs> right. <laughs> y'all two are the prima donnas for you know, city living and because we lived in the heart of Atlanta and worked uh, in Atlanta as well. So, you know, we had that true live, work, play lifestyle. And now all of a sudden we're cashing uh, the play aspect of it for uh, scenic views in the mountains. And none of our family really related to it. And so we started trying to capture some of the videos because we was like, yo, this is really cool. Look at what we're doing. And we created a maybe a series of three or four videos and you know to some degree they were pretty funny uh but we shared those videos just to say hey we really are having a great time out here and it sort of snowballed from there you know they wanted to uh, show and share it and 
Um, through that, we started recognizing, hey, there's a small little following um, developing here, um, and Staples and Tents was born. And from there, you know, it was really because during those first few camping trips of us doing this research of where to go, how to camp, how to set up a tent, how to set up, a, how to even do a campfire, um, we were looking at YouTube videos, but we never saw any representation of us. And we thought that that was an, an issue that, you know, here we are interested in learning more about camping, but it still feels foreign to us because we don't see any other people doing it. And to make it worse, a lot of the videos that we saw uh, associated with Black people in camping, oftentimes the camping part was uh, in a disparaging sense. You know, why we don't go camping or camping sucks oh, yeah. and it's hard or it's survival. And so it wasn't any kind of positive connections with these nature experiences. Uh, it was more like, this is why we don't, or this is why we shouldn't go camping. And we right. didn't agree with that. You know, we thought that the nature connection that we were having was refreshing. It was uh, uh, nurturing to who we were or what we wanted. It was relaxing, therapeutic. And we decided that, hey, we can give a, let other people who look like us, who are couples, uh, who might be interested in getting outdoors, let's let them see what a positive experience is. Let's let them see what nature has to offer because it's, it was so fulfilling to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that, that, that makes sense. So why do you think like there wasn't that much content out there? Like you said, that was kind of representative in, in a positive light. Do you think just like a like a, a a perspective in general about the outdoors or was it more or less like you know maybe maybe there i mean obviously there are people of color that go out outside and, and do that stuff but do you think it was maybe like a um they didn't feel comfortable kind of sh sharing it in that sense be because of that reason if if that makes does that make sense i think a lot of black and brown people at that time you know th this is seven years ago um, at this point, although they enjoyed the outdoors, it's something that they oftentimes felt like they did alone because they didn't necessarily see a lot of other black people when they went out um, and maybe didn't think that other black people were interested. But, you know, now <clears throat> that there's more of an emphasis on creating diversity and equity and inclusion in the outdoors, you can go on YouTube and find several black and black, brown people making videos, sharing their stories. Still, There's still an imbalance, but mm -hmm. I think the issues that um, we face with black people in the outdoors are very similar to the issues that we face with black people in technology, black people in medicine, black people in law. Um, a lot, oftentimes we just aren't encouraged to do things or, ne or oftentimes we don't feel like it's a space where we um, can belong and thrive. And that's one of the things that we're here to do is to show people that not only do you belong, but it is a space where you can thrive. Um, <laughs> oh, but with that, I think that's one of the reasons that 
a couple of years ago, we decided to create the event, the gathering, is because, you know, there, there was this increase of people, Black people getting outdoors. But what we found is that there was still a huge audience that didn't necessarily feel comfortable getting outdoors um, because they didn't see people like themselves. So we had the idea to create an event um, that in creating our event, it also creates safe space where anyone can come, know that they are welcome, know that they belong, and then have the freedom to learn about camping, learn about outdoor adventure, and then also meet other people with similar interests so they know that they're not on an island. Yeah, no, that's that's great. So so it sounds like, you know, once you started kind of sharing your your videos and obviously your your positive experiences and, and whatnot, that, that that community was kind of, um, uh, you know, coming coming out, out of the woodwork in a sense, you know, like, hey, like this, this, this looks like me doing something that I also love and that community was building. So when it comes to like the gathering and that that event, was that was that sort of a mix of, you know, that community coming to you that you had built online or, and then also like, Hey, we had this idea, like a merge of those, or was it, did the, just the, the event come first? If that makes sense. I think it was one of those, if you build it, they will come, <clears throat> you know, yeah. through, through our social channels, we often, we often got people that say, we wanted to, we want to camp with you, like specifically <laughs> with you because you know what you're doing. Um, and that's why we created our event. And because of the community that we built through our followers, it was a, success, a huge success. Our first event, which was in Crawfordville, Georgia in October of 2021 had 148 attendees. Wow. And for a brand new event, um, with minimal marketing, that was great. That was great. And since we've had two other events in 2022, we hosted an event in August in Vancorm, Colorado, which was very overlanding, focused and encouraging people to get out and explore the country. And then we had another more um, family style event in October of last year in Hendersonville, North Carolina, that was about 180 people. Wow. And a weekend of workshops and education, you know, community. It's great. That's that's awesome. And and kind of to to provide that that resource with the workshops and everything. Was it was it mainly people that lived within the area or were, were people coming from, I, I guess, the next state over as well? Or kind of what did what did that kind of look like? People came from all over um, for our first Georgia event. We had people as far as Washington and California and the same for the other two events. Um, yeah, I think the majority of our, the majority of our events on the East coast, a large percentage of people come from the East coast, but we really do have people come from all over the country. To That's attend. awesome. And you were going to say something, Dakota? Yeah. The, you know, reflective of what we have going on with our YouTube channel, you know, it's been accessible for everyone in the country and every type of different background, ethnicities, uh, gender biases. uh, And we, and as far as ages, you know, from children to seniors, 
And we really have appreciated that we've had this broad appeal uh, because what we have endeavored is how can we create an event that is reflective of the country that we want to live in, where it's open to people uh, in from different backgrounds, because we want as many people to become outdoor evangelists, if you will, to recognize the beauty of the country, but also the beauty of our country, um, the citizens yeah. that make up that country and the people that come to it, um, come with open minds and open hearts. And they're looking to build the type of country that we want to live in, the type of country that you want your children to uh, experience, you know, that no, you're Friends don't have to be the same as you. They can be someone different and you can find joy and happiness in developing what those relationships look like. You know, we have each one of the events, new strangers meet each other and then they become friends. And the next thing you know, they're off on their own individual adventures. And what we have always endeavored with the gathering is to bring in people, uh, make them more comfortable about the camping, make them more comfortable about being in these environments, uh, and then increase their confidence by having different uh, motivational speakers or inspirational people with amazing stories. And uh, we do classes that help pers a person become more confident about the gear that they have. And then um, hopefully, because of the choices that we're using or the choices, excuse me, because of the locations that we are choosing, we hope that it inspires curiosity about exploring the country. Yeah, no, that's great. And, and especially having kind of all the different aspects from kind of the technical to the mindset and then kind of having this, you know, mm -hmm. re really centralized kind of group coming coming together to do that and, and share those experiences. And, and like you said, the network and then it goes along with that as well so like as as you know I, I think you mentioned you've done three of those so far like what what is the I, I guess the the or the steps or the plans for kind of the future with that of like how how to continue to grow that or or any other um ideas uh that you all might have to kind of continue to expand that that growth and really that that inspiration as well mm -hmm. yeah so we, we're still doing our marquee event will be in october um, at the same location that we did this previous year in, uh, at uh, Wag Valley Farms, in, right outside of Asheville. Um, but we're also doing some private events uh, to sort of focus on some um, specific groups. This one that we have coming up in March is uh, geared towards HBCUs. Um, we're also doing a uh, men's retreat uh, coming up in April, and you know we're we're also looking to partner with some corporations uh, for some leadership retreats because embedded in this is the concept of uh, activities that inspire you to think differently about what your where you are in your outdoors adventure threshold and where you can go and what it looks like to work with people who don't necessarily come from the same background as you or come from the same frame of any aspect of who you are and how can you thrive in those environments? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> with Nicole and I's background, we both have, we've done a lot of work in facilitation and team building. So 
just from the beginning of our camping journey, we rec we recognize and see camping as essentially a team building exercise. So we thought that it was a good idea to not only take the opportunity to educate people about camping, but also use those experiences to bring teams together and um, teach the team building exercises to help people work better together. Um, so like Nicola said, we're doing our first private event in March, but that's something that we want to do more is um, take our structure with the gathering and um, do it in smaller, more intimate groups. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like there's uh, lot, lots of opportunity and different kind of paths you can take with that, like you said, from the corporate side to the the uh, you know the individual kind of um, outdoor enthusiast side, everything like that to kind of um, you know not you know make make a difference in different ways other than just outside um, as well, which is which is really awesome and, and kind of um, in, inspiring in that sense. So like for for this year, obviously that that's on the horizon. But is there is there a certain like just individual uh, trip that that you all are planning on taking that you're really looking forward to? Maybe some place you've never been or or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, so there there are a few trips that we are uh, working on as far as what the overlanding experience is going to be for us uh, this year. We're going to traverse the country one more time. Uh, heading back out west, um, picking up a trail system that's going to start in Reno, Nevada. And then over the course of a few months, we're going to uh, splash into a few places as we make our journey up to Washington State, uh, where we ultimately ultimately uh, spend a little bit of time in a place that we've been trying to get to since we met, which was Seattle. Um, once we leave Seattle, we'll cross back across the country. Uh, and now we are starting to look at international trips and having the same kind of the gathering, but opening people up to what travel looks like uh, in different countries. You know, a lot of Americans, uh, when they think about traveling, they typically think about it in terms of going to other cities or in terms of going to beaches or beaches in other cities. And although it's a wonderful uh, um, vacation to have or an experience to have, it's also, it doesn't open you up to the beauty of other locations or other places. And what we hope to offer is something that's a little bit more refreshing. So we want to change the paradigm in how people travel, where they travel, and why they travel when they get there. So uh, taking it, taking play, people to places that are off the beaten path, um, but no less thrilling or enthralling, uh, opens people up to their own adventure, open them up to their own adventure threshold. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that we found in our travels, and we have shipped our vehicle to Colombia, we have driven to Cancun and all throughout mainland Mexico. We've explored Southern Africa. And every time we have a new experience, there are people who have questions, just, just like it was when we were camping. How are you doing this? Um, what concerns do you have? What fears do you have? So these are just additional opportunities for us to take the knowledge um, that we've gained in our travels and to bring people with us. You know. 
Yeah. So we're excited to to do some international um, journeys as well. Yeah, and another thing, uh, Jeremy, that we've been that we have become aware of is the experiences that we have as Black Americans uh, traveling abroad is different from the experience that white Americans have. And that was something that we weren't aware of. So we have this kind of cultural experience that we also have been um, subjected to in many senses of the word. And what does the world think of us as Black Americans? So it's been a game changer in what the travel experience is. And it also helps to open up the breadth of what the American experience is when we do travel to places. Yeah. Yeah, because honestly, you know, I can say I was blown when we traveled to Southern Africa is how we were received as Americans. You know, when we were in Johannesburg or Cape Town, we're just Americans visiting. But when we go to the more remote places in Namibia and Botswana, we're going to places that they've only seen Black Americans on TV, you know, and it Mm. really opened our mind up as to um, stereotypes that people have about Black Americans. And then challenging those stereotypes and then the stereotypes that we as Americans have about um, small villages, those get challenged. So like Nicole said, it really is this beautiful cultural exchange. Yeah. And we've seen that type of culture exchange pretty much everywhere that we have been having these overlanding experiences. It was the same thing when we went to Colombia, Belize, uh, any of these where we decide that, hey, we're going to get off the beaten path. We're going to pick up a local rental car or something like that and then go out and have this experience or even Mexico for that matter. And it's like, you know, we we hear the uh, experiences of our white counterparts in these places and, you know, we're going with that particular filter, but we're not having that same experience. So we know that in having our own overlanding experience, we're also introducing a new narrative to the experiences that Americans have when they're traveling abroad uh, in a way that we just had no idea would take place. So it is truly a cultural exchange. Uh, and being from a microculture in America, we are having a, a huge impact on the communities that we're running into because of the media that they digest uh, about who we are or who they think we are. And it is refreshing to challenge what that looks like. As Sonia said earlier, you know, it's, you know, what do you do when you, when we don't fit the stereotypes uh, or the tropes that you see on television and you're having a very different conversation with uh, a, a person, no matter who that, what their background is. So an awesome opportunity for us to be ambassadors for America, but also an awesome opportunity for us to be ambassadors for Black culture in America. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and you know, that's, uh, you know, you're so, um, you're, you're so intentional about these, these different trips and these different experiences that, you know, it, that, that, and in a sense, as, as how how you view them, you know, it's not just you going to, 
you know, drive all over the place in Columbia or, or you know, whatever that, that adventure looks like, but being intentional about what you're doing and experiencing and, and the cultural um, exchange and everything mm -hmm. there as well to be able to, you know, take that and, and kind of grow from that, um, you know, not only yourselves, but also with the people around you or, or your community online or whatever that might be um, is, is really cool. That, that intentionality. Well, thank you. <laughs> so I, I, so, and that, that kind of, you know, that, that intentionality aspect sort of, um, you know, brings me to, you know, one thing I always uh, like to ask our guests is kind of one, one piece of advice. And I, you know, throughout this, um, you know, from the, the, the rainy camping trip to, um, you know, how you've grown with the, the gathering and, and, you know, uh, the things on, on YouTube when, you know, not seeing people of, of color on there um, and kind of changing everybody's perspective, whether it's, you know, your own um, from, from your own viewpoints or other people's viewpoints and stuff. How, like, what would your advice be to, to kind of, if, if maybe you're the, the, the type of person that kind of looks at things in a negative light, um, however you're wired, what would your advice be to them to, to change their perspective? And like I said, whether that be, who you are outside or just going out outside or, um, you know, maybe it is a really crappy day on the hiking trip or the, 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 the riding trip. Um, what, what is your advice to kind of flip that switch in your head to be like, Hey, you know what? Everything, everything is, is okay. And I just need to look through it, um, with a different lens. <laughs> I was going to let you take that one first. <laughs> um, I think, I would give people the same advice that our marriage counselor gave us. And that's just to say yes, whether it be something different that you haven't tried, um, a place that you haven't been, just say yes and try it. Because most of the time it's going to surprise you and there's going to be something that you enjoy and like, you just have to keep an open mind. Yeah. And I, and you know, as is, it's a very simple concept, but it does require a lot of self-contemplation, uh, you know, introspection. You need to just really think about what it is that you have said no to and what's the reason that you've given yourself that no is the answer. And oftentimes, you know, it, it's embedded in uh, maybe some past experiences that uh, shaped you. You know, but it doesn't have to continue to define you. And as we open ourselves up to different experiences, uh, different cultures, uh, we are opening ourselves up to the world. So in saying yes to some experience that is off your radar, off, that makes you feel uncomfortable, you're actually saying yes to the world. Yeah, no, no, I, I love that. I think that that makes perfect sense. Um and then, then something valuable, you know, everybody can kind of take away. So, uh, to that point, where where can people find you online to see uh, see see what you're up to, different adventures, uh, you know, check out uh, the gathering stuff, and kind of how all this progresses. So, um, everything is Staples Intense. Our last name is Staples, like the office supply store, and we sleep in tents. So, I N T N T S, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Um, if you want to support us along our journey and get behind the scenes content, you can join us on our Patreon. And I think that's those are all of our, our social channels, our website. 
Our website is staplesintense.com, and there you can find more information on how we can support you as a camper, a traveler, an adventurer, and then how you can join us in our outings, the gathering. Awesome. Well, everybody, definitely make sure uh, check out the website, all the socials, um, and and definitely get involved if you know you're around, um, you know, the next gathering or, or whatnot. So I, I appreciate you all coming on to share uh, your your personal stories, your adventure stories, and kind of what what you all are, uh, you know, planning for the future. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it, and I wish you all the best of luck. Thank, Thank you, you so Jeremy. much, Jeremy. Thank you for having us on here. We feel honored uh, that you would invite us on to um, your podcast. Thanks for listening. And hey, if you've made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life in motion. Until next time.